This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, Shavuotov, how are you? Bokertov, Shavuotov, we've got some hot news um, just off the press this morning, the early hours of this morning. Um, the uh, Syrian uh, news agency reported that an Israeli air aggression has put Aleppo International Airport out of service, um, apparently due to um, an airstrike which has been attributed to Israel. Um, the runways have been damaged, and so the airport is now currently out of service. And the irony is that when looking at the, um, the online article that I was reading which reported this, it had a picture of Aleppo International Airport. And when you look at this picture, you think, well... It's not quite like O.R. Tambo or London's Heathrow, but it looks kind of like a civilian airport, a small-scale civilian airport. So, um, you know, the impression that you're getting is that this has been Israeli air aggression, military aggression against a civilian target. But, of course, um, Aleppo Airport has been used substantially for military purposes, for the transport mm, of mm. weapons and armory, particularly from Iran, to Syria, to Lebanon. So let's not be fooled by the pretty pictures um, making it look like a civilian target when, in fact, this is very much um, a military airport which has been um, targeted more than once before um, by um, what we believe to be Israeli forces. Um, I think there have been even some acknowledgements by the IDF that um, Aleppo Airport was targeted, but apparently 4.30 a.m. this morning was the latest um, attack carried out against Aleppo Airport. We imagine it was probably carried out by Israel. We imagine that there might be good reason why Israel would have wanted to carry out that attack in the early hours of this morning. Um, there was no further reports about um, any uh, airplanes that were tracked from Iran because very frequently these reports also come with a comment about the fact that certain aircraft movements were tracked um, by um, Iranian and aircraft, but nothing like that so far. I'm guessing that the story is still developing. Sure. And we'll certainly keep an eye on mm-hmm. that one. Israeli Foreign Minister announced yesterday that he met last week with his Libyan counterpart in Rome. So this is quite interesting because I believe there's some repercussions following that. Yeah, this, so this is quite a story. This is this is very much a classic game of two halves, is what I would describe it. Because yesterday. There was some sort of triumphant um, announcement that came out of the Israeli foreign ministry talking about the fact that Foreign Minister Eli Cohen had met with the Libyan foreign minister Najla Mangush. Um, she is the Libyan foreign minister, as has been appointed, uh, representing the um, current Libyan government of national unity. I'm going to come back <clears throat> to the Libyan political lie of the land in a moment. 
Um, but this was a very triumphant sort of announcement where, um, in spite of the fact that there are no official relations between Israel and Libya, there was this meeting that apparently was held last week, hosted apparently, um, as we understand it, by the Italian Foreign Minister Antonio Tajani. And apparently the meeting was prearranged and that it lasted for over an hour, which included discussion on cooperation in a wide area of um, areas of common interest, including agriculture and water technology. Um, and this was, um, as I say, yes, uh, announced yesterday by the Israeli foreign ministry. Well, it was almost as if, though, um, the push notification hadn't even really reached its destination when the response from Libya came and there were riots in Tripoli, the capital of Libya. Um, the foreign ministry in Libya was attacked by uh, protesters, by rioters who were very much um, uh, distressed by this news. The Libyan government and the presidency council, which effectively functions as the head of state, actually issued a statement asking the prime minister for clarification as to what had happened. Um, the high state council said it was very surprised at the reports of the meeting and that those responsible should, in the words of the high state council, help should be held accountable. And then there was a denial that the meeting had actually taken place and that it had been predetermined, pre, prearranged, but rather that there was just some sort of a coincidental bumped into each other in the corridors kind of a meeting um, in Italy last week. So there was an acknowledgement that at least some communication had happened, that there was some sort of a, uh, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a meeting, but, but some moment in which the two foreign ministers actually met up with each other. But according to the Libyan version, this was just purely coincidental. They met each other in a corridor. They walked past each other. They might have, um, they might have said a few words, but there was really nothing discussed at all. Um, and so um, the Libyan side is very, very distressed about all of this that's come out. Now, I know that in days gone by, and we've spoken about this a few times already, in days gone by, when a secret meeting like this would take place, then it would kind of remain a secret meeting until such time as there is really something, something to talk to about. But at the mm. moment, yeah, exactly. But at the moment, it's just very preliminary. And clearly, the publication of the details has done more damage than good. Um, I'm guessing that the Israeli government was trying to look for some good news to put out into the public domain to show that there was some sort of progress towards um, another country coming into the Abraham Accords, um, which is considered to be really good news, particularly against the backdrop of some of the politics that's been happening in Israel recently. But obviously, it's not been too well received on the Libyan side. And the impression is that this might well have put a nail into the coffin of any possibility of progress moving forward. It's quite interesting to read up about some of the history of the Libyan Jews. Let's not forget that um, there was a significant uh, community of Jews in Libya. Uh, and then in the aftermath of the Six-Day War, many of them were killed. And essentially, the Jewish community in Libya was um, was, was, was just left Libya. They were either thrown out or ran away. And so there isn't any meaningful um, Jewish uh, presence in Libya to speak of. And yet it is the Libyan Jewish community, the union of Libyan Jews, 
which is these days being run from London, which has been very instrumental apparently in working behind the scenes in order to try to promote the idea of um, a relationship between Libya and Israel. And um, it seems a sort of a, a, a mixed bag, a, like mixed uh, impression about the Libyans, because on the one hand, the Libyan Jews really are not very welcome in Libya, but on the other hand, they're trying to do this whole promotion of um, getting the relations together between Libya and Israel. So it's a fascinating story. I think the Israeli foreign ministry probably jumped the gun on this one and probably did more damage than good yeah, in announcing certainly, the certainly meeting. It seems that way. Prime Minister Netanyahu was forced to issue a statement to clarify a statement made by Minister of uh, Internal Security Itamar ben Gvir. What did he say? Okay, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm um, nervous. It's just, I mean, I, well, the, the statement that was made by Ben Gvir went as follows. He was um, conducting a, a, an interview with Channel 12 News, um, and this was picked up by the U.S. government who condemned the statement. And what he said was as follows. My right and my wife's and my children's right to get around on the roads in Judea and Samaria is more important than the right to movement for Arabs. My right to life comes before their right to movement. Those were the words that he said. Now, I think we can sort of understand what he was trying to drive at, which means um, not necessarily that his right comes before, but that people have the right to be able to move around in Judea and Samaria safely without having to be concerned about um, terror attacks which have happened so frequently. Um, um, unfortunately, the way that he said it was very antagonistic and, and not well thought out, which I think is kind of par for the course for Ben Gvir. And of course, um, as a result of that, the State Department came out condemning the comments and said, we strongly condemn the inflammatory comments on the freedom of movement of Palestinian residents in the West Bank. That was a statement by the U.S. State Department. So, of course, um, the Prime Minister's office was forced to issue some sort of a clarification, which they did interestingly in the English language. Uh, and what the Prime Minister's office said was that, unfortunately, Paris Palestinian terrorists take advantage of this freedom of movement in order to murder Israeli women, children and families by ambushing them at certain points on different routes. All of that is entirely true. The statement from the Prime Minister's office went on to say that 34 civilians have been murdered by Palestinian terrorists in 2023 alone, many of them while driving home. The most recent incident, of course, occurred when Batsheva Nagari was murdered on Route 16 Judea in front of her six-year-old daughter. So the Prime Minister was trying to make the point that people, Jews in Judea and Samaria are, are not able to move around freely. And so Ben Gvir, by saying what he was saying, said, was really trying to say, we have the right to move. And if that means that in order to preserve our rights to move around safely, we have to limit somehow and the Arabs' rights to move around, then he is willing to take that responsibility on. Um, I think I can see both sides of the story, mm, but mm. clearly the way that it was uttered was very, very clumsy indeed. And as I say, that's what we've come to expect from Ben Greer to a certain degree. Yeah, certainly is what we have come to expect. And, and that's the terrible, and that is the a terrible, terrible problem. Finally, an Israeli athlete has won the marathon silver medal. medal uh, that's in the World Athletics Championships in Budapest. Tell us about this. Yeah, so this is really a fantastic story um, about um, uh, uh, Maru Teferi, 
who is uh, an, uh, a former Ethiopian Israeli, made Aliyah to Israel at the age of 14 with his parents from Ethiopia, has lived in Israel all that time since then, and of course is now um, a dyed-in-the-wool Israeli and an, a marathon runner. And um, he had this fantastic silver medal run in two hours, nine minutes, and 12 seconds for those people who are runners out there and will be eating their hearts out at that fantastic time. Um, came second to uh, um, to Uganda's Kiplangatu, of course, is a very, very um, well-known marathon runner and was only 19 seconds ahead of Teferi. Um, the interesting th- thing about Mauro Teferi is that he did run in the last Olympic Games in Tokyo um, under the Israeli colors, and he managed to come... Uh, he managed to come 23rd in that race, which at that time was the best achievement by an Israeli marathon runner in the Olympic Games. This time, silver medal on the podium with the Israeli flag um, at the World Championships in Budapest. A really fantastic uh, achievement. And let's also not forget um, the Israeli uh, rhythmic gymnasts who won their very first team gold medal at the tournament in Valencia over the weekend. Um, and uh, uh, even though Israel has won um, medals in the past, and particularly last year at the World Championships of the Rhythmic Gymnastics, this year, gold medal for the Israeli girls, um, a really great performance. And uh, that is where we leave it. Anthony Reich, thank you as always. We'll catch you tomorrow morning at 7.45. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова